everyone, and welcome to episode two of Popcorn Hangover. I'm John. And I'm Anna. And today we are going to be talking about a new movie, and that is Inception. Yes, this week it was John's choice, last week was my choice, so he obviously chose one of his movies that he could watch any day of the week, which I think is crazy because this movie is just so, I don't know what the word is, mind boggling i don't even know it just messes with the it's messes with the mind for sure yeah this is definitely a much different movie than what we chose last week yeah national treasure is something you can kind of just put on and turn your brain off and just enjoy where inception is one where if you're watching in a chair you're kind of on the edge of your seat because you're just looking for little details yeah except for my mom who falls asleep every time we watch this movie she's try she never remembers the ending or how it works and so she always asks john and i to watch it whenever she i don't know she's like oh we talk about it. She's like, oh i want to watch it we watch it and she falls asleep and then she wakes up and she's like what happened well i can't explain this to you no one can explain inception i guess we're gonna try though <laughs> we'll try it and yeah we'll probably be wrong and that's okay but before we go into depth about this very complicated movie, we want to thank everyone for listening to our last episode and all of the support we've gotten. It's been crazy. I did not expect so many people to love it so much and to tell us how great we sound. So thank you. So we have two more quick items before we get into our movie discussion for today. And that's two things on the opposite ends of the spectrum. <laughs> One is a new trailer for a movie that's going to be coming to Netflix on April 24th, and that is Extraction. It is an action thriller kind of espionage movie uh, starring Chris Hemsworth, and it's uh, produced by the Russo brothers, who have done things such as Captain America Civil War, Avengers Endgame, and Avengers Infinity War. Uh, It looks pretty good from the four-ish minute trailer we saw. It's very different. I mean, obviously it's not the Avengers. It's just very different from what they've done before. I mean, it's action still, but it's... Yes. Uh, it's a movie about a mercenary who has been hired to rescue the son of rescue. a drug lord. But from the implications they give in the trailer, it seems like another drug lord is has a counter-bounty on this drug lord's son, son's head. It's kind of interesting, but it looks like it's going to have some very good uh, like stunt choreography. The director of this is Sam... Hargrave, who is a stunt coordinator for a lot of the Marvel movies and has a pretty impressive career. Uh, he's won a couple awards for stunt ensemble. Interesting. Scene. So once again, that's coming to Netflix on April 24th. So mark your calendars. Great. And then the other movie, as we we very shortly talked about on the our last episode, but Trolls World Tour will be on Amazon Prime, correct? Amazon Prime Video. Yes. yes. Uh, and that is today, right? April 10th. So at the time this posts, oh. you might have already <laughs> seen it. You might have watched it five times. Yeah, so today, April 10th, it's on. So I know that there are some very excited people out there, mostly children, but also my 22-year-old sister. <laughs> and you know what I'm most interested about this movie it has nothing to do with the movie itself. It's more so, will there be a hit song like Can't Stop the Feeling? I thought you would have known already. Yeah, I feel like that too. But that is movie news, and now let's move on to all things Inception. John, do you want to give a brief brief intro to this movie? Because let me tell you, 
this is John knows all about this movie. Yeah, so let's just start with the basics. I'm assuming most people have seen this movie. Uh, it's a pretty big pop culture icon, I guess, of the last 10 years. I guess, yeah. That's probably where we're going to phrase it. But it was released in 2010. It's by Christopher Nolan, who's made things such as the Batman of the Dark Knight trilogy, which is what most people who haven't seen his movies would know him for. It's starring Leonardo DiCaprio, Tom Hardy, Michael Caine, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, uh, Cillian Murphy, I actually don't know how to say his name, and Marianne Cotillard. And it made $829 million on a $160 million budget. So a lot of people have seen this movie, to make a long story short. Would you say that this is your favorite Christopher Nolan film? I would say no. Okay. And the main reason for that is I don't think he's made anything better than The Dark Knight in his film career. That might be kind of the the basic answer You're for most people. Big Batman guy. But yeah, I love Batman, but that's also, <laughs> in my opinion, the best comic book movie ever made. And it's not really because of Batman, it is because of Heath Ledger's performance as the Joker, but I would say that this is probably my second favorite Christopher Nolan movie, with the prestige being pretty close behind this. Um, I generally like a lot of what Nolan does. He is a very kind of gritty filmmaker, I think. Yeah. Like, realistic, even though this is sci-fi, for sure. But There's a lot of undertone. There's a lot of themes in there under, yeah. under all the sci-fi. and Yeah. I mean, I agree with you that Batman Begins, obviously. No, not no, sorry. Batman. <laughs> I was looking at his... Well, Batman Begins is a good movie. No. I, sorry, I was looking at all the movies he's made just to make sure I remembered. Um, No, The Dark Knight, you know, one of the best superhero movies, and it's such an iconic performance. Yeah. Uh, but it's such a hard movie for me to watch, so I feel like this would be my favorite Christopher Nolan film, for sure. Okay. Because it is so interesting. It's so unique and something that just has you thinking for hours after you're watching it yeah and I, I think, every time i think one of the reasons i love rewatching this movie is it makes me very excited for his next movie which is coming out tentatively if movie theaters are around tenant tentatively yeah. <laughs> that was, was a nice pun <laughs> the pun was not fully intended but i'll take it um no that looks really good but the uh his next movie is supposed to come out on july 17th i believe and it's called tenet and it looks like another one of these kind of sci-fi-y... If you haven't seen the trailer for Tenet, look it up. It deals kind of with dying and these people who can rewind time, but also fast-forward time. It looks really interesting, and it has a very good cast. But, yeah. You know, movies like Inception are the reason why I do enjoy seeing movies, because it's such a unique concept. Because, And we were talking about this when we watched the movie... This concept that this movie is built upon, this of shared dreaming and being able to extract or plant information in people's minds, is something that, yes, it's not possible, but mm -hmm. does it seem that far off? Like, it's not a really imaginative, it's not like someone flying. Yeah, it, it, it seems plausible. It, it yeah. could be plausible in your mind. You're kind of answering my second question, which is, why did you pick this movie and why you love this movie so much? Which you kind of answer. I don't know if there's mm -hmm. anything you want to add to that. Yeah, I think the main reason I picked this movie, one, is because it's on Netflix. It's been on Netflix for a while, but it's one that you we don't know how long it's going to be there for, so I thought it's a good time to take the chance to watch it. But the main reason is 
because every time I watch this movie, you can find something completely new that you've never noticed before, whether on purpose or just because of how ambiguous things are left. I like that too. And I think as much as I love watching kind of more upbeat movies like National Treasure, like more family movies, it's fun sometimes to watch something that's more serious and heavy and just think. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree. They're very different movies, but they have some, you know, I think they're two great movies to watch on any day for different reasons. Yeah, for completely different reasons. All right, let's get into it, shall we? Yep, let's do it. Perfect. So the opening scene starts with Leo washing up on the beach. He looks a little banged up. He looks like he's just been through war and also has lost his mind. His eyes, like, there are no, his pupils fill the whole eye. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I don't know if that's an effect they did, I don't it's, know. it's creepy. Yeah, so uh, these guys pick him up, they find a gun on him, they take him to their their boss, basically, and the boss is very, very old man. Yeah, he's like 130 years yeah. old. And so then he says, are you here to kill me? And he didn't. And right now, you know, Leo don't, doesn't know because he does not know what what's going on. And then they start to do. They say the words. Then yeah. Yeah, he says his line about uh, he's waiting for someone, but he's become an old man filled with report with regret, waiting to die, which kind of sparks this memory in Leo. It it, it sparks this inspiration in Leo, who looks up eating his. <laughs> bowl of Rice, porridge or porridge, whatever yeah. i don't know what it is and then they cut away from the scene yes and so he kind of starts to remember and then you cut to a similar room i think it's the same room. the same room and with a younger leo or not a younger leo a more put together leo yeah joseph gordon levitt and ken wantana ken wantanabe ken wantanabe <laughs> ken wantanabe i'm so sorry ken wantanabe um who you come to find out Leo is Cobb, Arthur is Joseph, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and Saito is Watanabe. And they're talking to him about secrets and how they need to know where the secrets are so that they the he doesn't get, someone else doesn't steal them, all this stuff. And then he knows something's up, um, Saito, and so they are trying to get the secrets as fast as possible. You figure out they're in a dream because they're talking about dream states anyway. Yeah. Then a woman appears in at the party and Arthur says, what's she doing here? Cobb says he'll take care of it. We come to find out that he knows this woman. Um, her name is Maul, but we don't know exactly what her connection is to him yet. She ends up betraying him. And telling Saito where they are, everything starts to collapse. The dream starts to collapse, and they're trying to get the information. But it is actually a dream within a dream, which is the big twist in the beginning. And it kind of that's kind of sets up the whole premise of this is being inside a dream, but that it's so complicated that you can get so deep into this. I try to think back when I first saw this movie and what I was thinking and how confused I was, because now I see it and I'm obvi- I obviously know. They're a dream within a dream. This makes sense. But it's crazy to think what you must be thinking when you watch it for the first time. And I really don't remember the first time I watched this. That was something I want to talk about. But yeah, that's I really an don't interesting, know. That's an interesting thing, too. I know I did not see this movie in a movie theater. I cannot pinpoint the first time I saw it. I just know that once I did, 
I watched it pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Basically, Saito knows that it's a dream because Maul Leo... Told, Maul, Maul told him. Well, Maul told him that, but then when he wakes up again, Cobb pushes him to the ground, and he knows because the carpet isn't exactly like how the carpet is, and they're not in his dream. They're in the architect's dream, which we don't know. I don't remember if they know his name. And then they wake up. They failed. The mission failed. And... No, the mission didn't fail. The mission did fail. They didn't get the information they needed. That's why they're all running from... Oh, true, true. They're not working for Saito yet. You're right, you're right, you're right. You love this movie. Sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. Yeah, this is a lot. So... We can just fast forward, I guess. I'm hoping you watch this movie or, like, know how the movie goes because this movie is so long and so much stuff happens. There's no way we can kind of go through the whole plot, obviously. Let's try to summarize, though. So this opening scene tells us a few things. It tells us that when you're in a dream, the way you get out is you die or there's a kick. You also learn that dreams can be compounded. But anyway, this opening scene is very good. It's also very confusing. Even if you've seen it, it's still... Yeah, it takes a little while to like unravel it in your mind. Saito at one point says in the dream, this is an audition and you failed. You come to find out that he would like to hire Cobb to do Inception. So when they were in Saito's dream, they were doing an extraction. So funny that we are talking about the movie Extraction and they were extracting in Inception. Um, so they were doing extraction where they, you find information, secrets in your subconscious that are more easily accessible. Yeah. But Saito wants them to do an inception, which is creating a idea and planting in someone's brain. But it's believed not to be possible because true inspiration is, comes from the self and you can't have true inspiration when something's planted inside of you, unless you think you you had that idea yourself. But Cobb says it is possible. And the only reason why he agrees is because you find out he can't, he's wanted in the U, in the United States and so he cannot go home. That's the only way that he can get home because Saito is so powerful. He's an energy mogul and so he can make one call and everything goes away. Leo says, fine, I'll do this one job so he can get back to his family. And the idea that Sato wants to be incepted is in the mind of his biggest competitor's son that on the death of his father, he will split up his empire, thus allowing Sato to become an even bigger player in the world energy. But, you know, that's the beginning of the movie. That's the whole premise of this movie. And basically the, you know, the rest is just they're trying to figure out Number one, they assemble. They have to assemble a team mm-hmm. of people to do this, and they also have to plan for it and then do it. Um, but I think there are a few like things we want to touch on briefly before we get into the dream states, which I think are the the bulk of the movie, which are the most you know interesting parts of the movie. You know, I think a big conversation. I think the whole movie, obviously, a lot of the movie is centered around Mal, his wife, and all the things that she does and you know what fuels her and what the reason you know why she comes up in every dream and you know one thing we kept talking about throughout the movie is like why if she's a she's not real she is a cop a copy of his subconscious projection projection sorry a projection she's just a projection but then why is she so hostile like obviously projections find the things that are wrong yeah the host 
but he, it's not always his dream and he's not always the prod he's not always the subject so but she always ends up there anyway and she's so she always goes rogue and she's so destructive to the dream and I just don't it it still like mind boggles me to this day I, I don't understand it all the time I think today it helped me a lot because I was thinking about it so much throughout the movie I don't know if it's because she's just trapped in there because he's always thinking about her or is it because of his guilt that it's it, it it grows and grows and grows? I think I think it's a combination of both because we learn later in the movie and sorry for jumping around, but we learn later in the movie that he essentially relives I think it's eight painful memories, something like that. that There's 12. It's it's is it 12? he goes to the top 12. Yeah, 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 you're right, you're right. So he relives these memories that are painful moments from his life. And they're she, all, no, they're all memory. They're all times he regrets something about them. Yes, yes. Things he wishes he could change. And we never get confirmation, but I'm pretty sure she's in all of them. I'm sure they're all by his family. The The last one is, the top one is not. Oh, yeah, yeah you're right, you're right. Because that's when he leaves. But they're his, about her. But they're, they're about her. And I think that what we kind of talked about is that because he's trying to keep her alive in his mind that she has become not more than a projection but kind of this super projection because he's it's like she's a virus she infects because he's constantly keeping her in his mind you know, he's trying to keep her alive that she infects everything he's a part of you know what actually i thought about just now is that you know how in the dream when you're the architect you build the world mm-hmm. he's building instead of building a world he's building her he's he is building Got it. Instead of instead of building a maze that he's populating with the subconscious, he's building all her, of his memories and then of her. It populates in there, and yeah, and his subconscious does the rest. Got it. Yeah, that makes okay. That makes a lot more sense. Now, but maybe I'm completely wrong. Back to the story of where we are. As they try to assemble their team, they find a few members. One of which is the architect. And how do you say her name again? Ariadne. Ariadne. <laughs> That's Ellen Page. And she is a student at a French university, and she's supposedly better than Cobb. And then he also finds, what is Tom Hardy's name? Eames. See, everyone's names are so strange in this movie. I don't understand. Eames, which is, yeah, Tom Hardy, and I love him. He is the most charming man (laughs) ever. I don't know. Is he more charming than Nicolas Cage? Yes. Yes. In different ways, for sure. And then they find a chemist. I think that's what they call them. Uh, Yusuf. Yusuf. So those are the three main players that they add to their team besides Cobb and uh, and Arthur. But we, you know, we go through their training, um, all the things they need to do. They're figuring out that they're doing. They're doing research on. Mr. Fisher and everything that's going on. Basically, what we find out is that his father died. He has a very complicated relationship with his father. And how they're going to incept the idea is by making him... Is putting this idea with his father. Kind of making a positive emotion. And have him kind of find it out by giving them... Giving him subtle pushes in three dream states. Yeah, and, and this positive idea that they're trying to incept is that his father doesn't think he can build anything for himself, and that by splitting the company up, 
That's not the way you said that is not. Yeah. No, it is. He can't build. No, it's not. He doesn't want him to become him. He wants him to make something for himself. I don't think that's right. John, the way you said that is very negative. No, is that, uh, I don't know. Yes. The first idea is that, is that he has not done, he, that he doesn't want him to be, basically in the end, he doesn't want him to be him. He wants him to build something for himself, which yeah. means breaking yeah. up the companies yeah. and not, you know, not trying to be that person. That's essentially what I meant. I just can't verbalize that. Yes. And so these three dream states will be in three different time, you know, period, not periods, um, lengths. So the first one is one week. The second one is six months. And the, the third one is 10 years, which is not what they end up doing. But it just kind of shows you how the time between each dream gets longer and longer. Yeah, as your brain functions at a higher capacity their explanation is that it can just it can create and destroy these scenarios faster and faster and faster and especially with with the particular chemist they got yusuf he makes his own compound that doesn't come from the government and he implied that his is even stronger and does some exponential thing to time on top of the government yeah and speaking of yusuf when they find him they see that he is helping people dream in his where in his office, I don't know warehouse, and people come there for four hours at a time, which is like forty eight hours, or I don't even know how long. Yeah, I think they said it was about two days. Yeah, about two days, and they they come there to dream, and after that, Cobb starts to do ex- like you know quote unquote tests with Yusuf yeah. every night, and Ariande is so nosy. I don't like her i got this movie i just kept saying to john why is she so nosy and you know it's supposed to be nosy and curious but she was like invading privacy at moments of cop i'm like and i know it was supposed to like move the story forward and all of that and like you find out what the backstory was but it was a little annoying at times but you find out she ends up going he's dreaming and she, this is what I'm saying, invading privacy. She just goes and puts herself into the dream so she can just figure out what Cobb's doing. Like, who wants someone else in their dream without them knowing? I mean, that's what they do. But, just rude. And basically, like we said, he's keeping these memories, keeping Mal basically trapped in these memories, in this fortress of memories. And it's the only way that he can dream is because he needs her with him. That's what he thinks. Like he, he's like, I in my dream, in my, for me to dream, I need my family to be together. What I've taken it from the entire times I've watched this is that, similar to those people in the basement for Yusuf, is that because he spent so many years. I think it's both. I, I do think it's both, but. Yeah, but it's more so so he can be with mom, be with his kids, and. Yeah, I it's. The only way he can, you know, if he feels, and we and we find out more throughout the movie that that is his biggest weakness is Maul because he's filled with so much regret. Um, but this is such a big thing because, you know, number one, she's the only one that knows about this, Ariande. Yep. And it's a big problem. It's already been a problem in Dreams before, but it will continue to be a problem. Which moves us on to when they do the actual job. Mr. Fisher's 
father dies, they are having the funeral in Los Angeles, so they are flying from... Sydney to Los Angeles. Yes, which is a, I don't even know how long flight. It's about a 16-hour flight. 16-hour flight. So that's where they're going to do it. And, and they said they needed about 10 hours to execute this job, according to the original plan. Yeah. Which, which I mean, I think it still probably took that. I don't even know. I think they were under longer. I, I don't know. It's it's hard to tell. Time with this movie is very fast and loose. They well, play... and that makes sense. They they That's how the dream state works, guys. Yeah. <laughs> the science of it makes checks out. Then we kind of move on to, they, they're on the plane and now they're in the first dream state. Do you want to talk about the first dream t- state? Yeah. So their first dream state involves kidnapping Robert Fisher and Eames's interpretation of Peter Browning, who is Robert's godfather. And also his... Like, it's a, he's a business He's He's partner. like the VP of their company, essentially. Yeah. He's, he's a high executive. Their idea is they're going to use Eames, who is a master... Forgerer is what they call him, which means he can impersonate people in dreams. Um, they use him to coax information out of Robert under the guise that he's been tortured. Um, and this information they coax out of him is they ask for a combination to a safe. This safe is going to become very important as we move on through the deeper levels. And what's in the safe, what they say is in the safe, is another will that will break yes. up the Empire. Yes. But so what they ask him for is for six numbers that they say is the safe combination. And it does nothing on this first level. It's it's just random numbers. It means nothing. What? <laughs> I think the one thing, well, before you got super into that, what I wanted to say, too, was that, like, we were talking about with the, with the mall issue, the, a train oh, yeah. goes through the middle of the city and... A lot of things. So everything starts to go wrong. They nothing is going according to plan. Number one, the train. Number two, they're being ambushed because Robert Fisher's subconscious has been trained that he. You know, it's crazy to think that people that in this in this universe that you have to be trained on this for yeah. you know to keep secrets. So he's already been trained not to you know against extractors. Yeah, and essentially what that means is his subconscious instead of just as we've seen earlier in the movie they just kind of push people that they detect aren't part of it his subconscious wields machine guns and will try to kill people (laughs) that it detects aren't robber yeah so then these machine gun wielding goons of the subconscious actually shoot sido in the heart yes or in the chest in the chest yeah in the chest and so he is suffering, and Eames says, I'm just going to put him out his misery, we're going to shoot him. Yep. But in this dream, because of how deep they're going and how long it's supposed to go, they ha- actually have a sedative. And if you die in this dream, then you go to limbo. And limbo, we find out, is actually where Maul and um, Cobb were before for a very long time. And he had come back. They both had come back from. But what happens in Limbo is it's just free dream state. And anything that's left there before stays there. And they also make the implication that not only will Saito go to Limbo, but that if he ever wakes up, that 
he'll basically be brain dead. Well, you could be. Like, you, you, yeah, you could Like, be. Cobb came back and he was fine, but some people go down there and they never find themselves back again. Yeah, it seems like your conscience is left down there and it's just your body. Well, yeah, because you go from, like, this one, you go from this world that you're probably stuck there for what you perceive is, like, you know, 50 years. Yeah. And then you come back, you know, it's like when Captain America woke up after being frozen. He's like, what the hell is this world? I think it's a step further than that. I think I think you're actually brain dead. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. I was just like, what's a good, uh, what's a good comparison? I don't know. I'm not making good comparisons. There's nothing like this movie, honestly. There's nothing to compare it to. So now they're like, crap. We already there's people trying to kill us. Uh, if we die in here, we're stuck here, and we now have not as much time because the subconscious is no you know the subconscious is already armed and ready they do as john says they are you know they get try to get the combination um at that point they get they are gonna go now move on to dream state number two yes and dream state number two is a at first it's like an office building but it's a it's a hotel at this point, they decide to use a technique called Mr. Charles. Yeah. They change, they have to change their whole thing, their whole plan around because of the whole subconscious, the weaponized, the weaponized yeah. subconscious. So now he, Cobb is going to use a method that apparently has not worked in the past. Yeah. They, but they've only said it's, they've tried it once. Yes. So they don't really have any indication that it will never work. Yeah. But it, it is a chance, and it's basically where he turns against um, Robert Fisher is going to have to tur- is going to turn against his subconscious because he thinks that Mr. Charles yes is hel- is one of his weaponized subconscious people. Yes. So what Dom does on the second level is poses as his head of security, his subconscious security, and <laughs> that was also the most ridiculous thing ever. I mean, obviously. <laughs> Robert Fisher doesn't know anything about this stuff, but it just seems... No, he does, because he's been trained. No, he does, but, like, it's just so funny. It was just so ridiculous. He's like, okay, can you get me out of here? Yeah, it's it's funny because... So because of the the fact that they are dreaming and they're in this van on the first level that's moving around, there is weird stuff happening on the second level. Like, the gravity shifts. It'll just start raining inside. Like, just weird stuff is happening. Fisher has basically a panic attack when when Cobb says you you're know, dreaming you're dreaming right now Fisher basically has a panic attack but is that kind of like what happens when you start to lucid dream or you're like oh my gosh I'm dreaming see I don't know if that's the comparison to make even because that, that like you are conscious yeah like, I I don't know it's, it's well he's it's, not even in his dream though he's in no, someone else's he's in uh this is Arthur's dream yes this is Arthur's dream we're gonna move ahead a bit but they, he can, obviously Mr. Charles Cobb convinces him that he's going to help him and they find out and he finds out that Browning is, was the one who kidnapped them. And now he's in, now they're telling him that before when he was kidnapped, that wasn't a dream. Now they're in the first set of the dream and now they need to go into Browning's dream to, it's so confusing. Now they need to go into Browning's dream to figure out what, what, why he did this and what's in the safe, basically. Basically. And so they get him, get Mr. Fisher on his team. But that leads to, once they go to sleep and everything, the craziness in the car, obviously, like John said, makes some crazy things happen in the hotel. And 
Joseph Gordon-Levitt does some crazy ass stunts. Yeah, so... (laughs) so, They're amazing. So, for those who haven't seen the movie, every time you go down a further level, someone has to stay back to stay awake to help them. And Joseph Gordon-Levitt has to deal with... Like, his stunts have to deal with changing gravity and... I don't even know how to describe the stuff it's that he does. No, it's I love it. It's the like one of my favorite parts of this movie is just watch. I could watch those fight scenes over and over again. Like there's a scene in a hallway where they're they're constantly turning the camera because the van is just ro- you see it it's rolling down a hill. <laughs> so the gravity is changing from left to and right. And he's just hopping like it's Frogger. <laughs> it's so I mean, I've never seen anything like it. It's it's such a creative idea. Yeah, it's awesome. But that's probably, like, the best part of Phase 2. Yeah. Well, what's what's awesome, too, is that the further down they get, they splice in things from each level above. And you see the, like, yeah, the time difference. And you see how something that happens on the first level, like, it might affect level 2 a lot, but it might not affect level 3 that much. It might just be, like... A little tremor on level three but it's like a huge shift on level two it's really really cool yeah so then they go to stage three which is the it's a it's ice fortress it's a hospital room embedded in an ice fortress the hospital room is deep inside this ice fortress <laughs> and they have to so I don't think we talked about this earlier, but each level has to be a maze so the projections can't find them or it's harder to find them. And the maze on the third level is like a ski run, basically. Yeah, I just it's like a it's a hike. <laughs> I don't yeah, even it's, know. It's it's skiing down this mountain. But they obviously do not have much time. Because Sato is dying and then And the projections are attacking. And the music starts because he he, he starts the music and goes, oh, no, no, no. Yes. And then they realize they have an hour. They were supposed to have, I don't know, it was not going to be six months down there. No, ten years. The third level's ten, ten years. Ten years, I mean. They were not going to spend all ten years down there. But they were, so, so on the first on the first level, they were supposed to have a night, a, f- a full night to do their work, and they had to do it an hour. The second level, they were supposed to have a week to do their job, and they had an hour. I feel like each one was an hour. It was crazy because every time I'm like, you got an hour, you got an hour. I'm like, oh, okay. I think the last one they said 20 minutes actually. They said, no, he said, can you do it under an hour? And then they missed the first kick and then it was 20 minutes. Yeah. So it's crazy. But they, I, you know, and there's another reason I think that Ariande, I'm still saying her name Ariadne. 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 before the end. <laughs> I don't even know. What kind of name is that? I'm sorry if anyone's named that. Another reason why I think she's super annoying, because Cobb starts asking her about the maze. He's like, oh, can people, can they get through it in less than an hour? And she goes, no, they can't. Oh my gosh. She's like, she doesn't know. But then he asks about, like, to tell her about the maze. Tell her that she goes, well, you don't want me, you don't want to know about it. And then she says, oh yeah, there's a duct system. I'm like, girl, why don't you freaking say that? And then be- I just don't understand her. She just, oh, I don't, do you get as annoyed with her as I do? Oh, yeah, she's the worst character in this movie. And and I think Ellen Page is a fantastic actress, but everything she does in this movie is just infuriating. Great. You can build a great maze. Awesome. Ugh. So, yeah, and then she asks a stupid question. Cobb oh, starts, oh, my God, Cobb yeah. starts shooting yeah. 
he's killing subconscious goons and she says to him oh wait isn't that isn't that robert subconscious goes yeah he's like well are you killing those parts of him they've been shooting at these people this whole time they've been killing subconscious people and And they've They've probably killed a hundred people. But now she time. asks. So now she asks this. She hasn't asked that before. Like, nope, nope. Has no qualms with it before. But in this third dream stage, she cares. And he's like, no, it's just, they're just projections. He's fine. She's like, oh, okay, cool. What? <laughs> yeah, so then, basically, they get down. They get into the, by this, by the state, the vault, which is tech, is, which is the hospital room. And... But, you know, who comes to ruin the whole thing but... Maul. Maul. Always Maul. Messing up everything. Cobb has the gun and he won't shoot her until after he shoots uh, Robert Fisher and he dies. Aran... Ariadne. Ariadne. Just say Ellen Page. Ellen Page. Ellen Page keeps telling him, no, he, she's not real. She's not real, you know. And he goes, and he says, what if, but what if she is? Which I just think is crazy because he constantly is saying, she's my projection. It, you can kind of see his grip on reality is not as sound as you think it is. No, I don't think at any point in any time I've watched this movie, I thought his grip on reality was solid. I thought it was more solid than than that because he had been saying, no, she's just a projection. But oh wait, and you know, something we didn't mention, which like, I'm just assuming everyone's seen this. This whole time, the reason why he can't go back to the United States and every all of that is because they think that he killed her. Well, actually, this is a good time to talk about it. Yeah. Because this is the point in the movie where you find out for Yeah, real. I think we, we find out in stage two, I think, for sure. Yeah, we find out about this point. But essentially what happened is he lived with Maul. In limbo. They created a world in limbo, abandoned their kids in real life, I guess, and well, slept for weeks. No, I don't no, no, they knew... Limbo has a different time. True, true. So when they woke up, they woke up after whatever, however long, not however long they're supposed to be, but they probably were sleeping for a while, but I don't think yeah. it was more than a day. Probably not. But but essentially what they did is they built an entire life for themselves in the dream world. They built cities. They, I, I think he says they also destroyed cities. Like they built in. They were rebuilt. gods. They were yeah, gods. Yeah, they, they were gods in the dream space. And she decided at some point that she didn't want to go back home. She chose to forget they were dreaming. You know, for him, he it was great for a while, but then he knew that none of it was real. But when they got out of limbo, he knew something was wrong, and basically she thought that her the simple fact that this world wasn't real, that they were still in another dream they had to wake yeah. up from. Her children weren't real. They were just projections. She said that we they need to kill themselves. But she didn't want to do it, obviously, without him. Yeah. And on the night of their anniversary, she created a plan. He went to the hotel room they always go to, and she was on the ledge. Across, from the hotel across the street. She got two hotels. What she said was, they were in a dream, they had to kill themselves, and that he had, there was kind of a bounty over his head because she wrote a letter to her attorney. She, she submitted a letter to her attorney that he was abusive and that she was scared for her, for her life. life. And then the, the hotel room was all wrecked. Yeah. And she had herself declared sane by three doctors. Yeah. So it made it really impossible for him to be innocent. And she jumps. She just, she thinks that because of that, it will, it won't make him feel guilty about jumping. And you kind of say at this point, you're like, I hate Maul. You said at one point. But, and I, obviously she's, 
she's no like she sucks because she always ruins the dreams but at that point it just makes me feel so i just feel so awful it's so sad i don't know i just feel bad (laughs) it's a thing that maul is definitely the villain of this movie i would say but what's funny is it's kind of not Maul. It's, it's him. It's him. It's his own guilt, his his own guilt, and I don't know what the other word is. But I think mostly it's, I mean, it's the guilt that's gone out of let's, control. Let's let's jump ahead and say why he's guilty. No, not yet. No, not yet? Okay, we'll wait. <laughs> but I just think it's his his guilt through this all that, that's grown. So it's kind of like he is the enemy because yes. we, we know. I think that's something that's always been hard for me with this movie is to remember that she even I have trouble thinking like she's not real. Like I know she's not real, yeah. but I still think it's kind of like it's still her. No, but it's I it's think, him. You know, I I think the reason that it's hard for us to remember is that she's not real is because he can't distinguish that yes, she's not real. Yes, because he's created. He, yeah, he'll go and say she's a projection. She's a projection. She's a projection. But then we see he can't shoot her because he, like you said, his grip on reality is very shoddy, razor thin. Yes, I mean, I would argue that he. He doesn't know what the hell's real. No, but so he shoots her. Um, Fisher's dead. They're basically say, "Oh no, that they're done. They're done. Sido's dying. He is going yeah. to be dead in like five minutes, and you know, and if Fisher's dead, he's dead. Great. Yeah, and if Fisher's dead, they can't accept the idea. Which no, means it's yeah. No. So what they decide, but then the only good idea that. Ariadne. 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 <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm just gonna call her that. Just don't, don't uh, correct me. Um, she has a brilliant idea. The only time I ever liked her is that they should go. And this is something John and I were trying to figure out. If it was, I it has to be limbo. Maybe there's two limbos. There's a limbo and there's a second limbo. See, I don't I know. I think this is level four. I don't. Think no, it's limbo. because it's all the stuff left over. But I guess it is his dream. It's his dream. Yes. Or maybe he's dreaming into limbo. Like he's like he, he can, created it. He, he created choose... it as limbo. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. So, whatever. Why? That's something to debate about. Whether it's this is a fourth dream state or what? Whether it's a fourth dream state or limbo. But the three of them um, are on day. <laughs> Ariane day. Um, Ariana Grande. Ariana Grande. <laughs> Cobb and Fisher go down. Well, they go down there. Fisher, they have to go find Fisher, and he knows she, he's going to be with Maul. They find Maul in his house. I, I, this is my favorite part of the movie. I just feel like it's such a good part. Um, she she says to him, you know, it's this, you know, what you're, it's not real, I'm real. And she says, you're being chased by all these corporations and these governments, and um, you're, you can never go home. You can't find what you're looking for. And so she's just trying to give him all the reasons why he's still in a dream state in real life. Well, she's also she's also trying to coax him to, hey, don't go back up. Yeah, to stay, stay with down, me. Stay down here. And so then he talks about how guilty he is. And he says, Maul, but you, what you don't understand is the guilt. And so he finally admits to everyone. I don't think he's even admitted to himself, to himself. really. I don't, I don't and think that's so. what I'm saying is, you have to keep thinking about what's crazy about this is he's basically talking, he's coming to terms with it himself because he's talking to himself. He's not talking to Maul. And he says that, like John was going to say, do you want, basically the idea of deception, you know, the reason why he knew it was real is because he did it, which was. Yeah. He searched through the recesses of Maul's mind and he found that she locked away her totem 
something she knew was real but forgot long ago, which was that they were in a dream. Yes. So what he did, she put her totem in a safe, and her totem, we didn't, actually haven't talked about totems at all. A oh, yeah. A totem is what you use to tell that you're in reality and not in a dream. And he uses Maul's totem now. Her totem is a top that in a dream never stops spinning. By locking away her totem, she set it on its side as if to say, This is real. It fell down. This is real. What he did was he went in this safe and spun it so the next time she opened it, she would see, No, this is not real. This is a dream. So he incepted the idea that this life is not real. I think it's this world is not real. Yeah, that this world uh, is and, not and, real. And the only way out is to kill yourself, Well, and that's what she kind of took the inspiration yeah. and went to that. And he thought, and that was the way he got her to come back to reality, but he didn't realize that it was going to stay with her. Yes. After they got back from Limbo. And then that's, so that's why he, this guilt is feeding, because he knows, he thinks in his mind, I mean, in his mind, he's the reason why she killed herself. Which he probably is. Yes, but the thing is, it was his fault. But what was the alternative? He was never going to, he says he was never going to be able to convince her to go back. I just think that, that there was no alternative where she would have been, she would have been okay. And, you know, he's not technically okay. He probably just hides it better. <laughs> well, clearly not because his subconscious is... Is trying to kill an, everyone. An absolute assassin. Yes. <laughs> She's always one step ahead. And what's crazy, uh, just one more thing about Maul. What's crazy is she's worse even than Fisher's projections because because it's Dom's subconscious. Yeah. She knows what they're trying to do, so she knows exactly how to stop it. Yeah. Whereas Fisher's is just attacking anything that's foreign. Mm -hmm. She knows, oh no, they're trying to get this guy Fisher. I'm going to kidnap him. Yeah. And I think what's what, what always is like confusing to me is that, I know it's probably for the movie and like for the big twist because that's such a huge twist about the Inception, um, but how Maul, that how subconscious Maul does not know, and then she's crying. She doesn't understand. So I think now that we're talking about, it, I think it has to do with the fact that he's just now admitting it to himself. Yes. Like he yeah. he's always said like Inception is possible. It's impossible. It's possible. It's possible. But I don't think he's ever admitted it. Well, and, and what's you know what's interesting is earlier in the movie, Joseph Gordon Levitt or Arthur asks him. He says, "How do you know it's possible?" And he says, "I've done it before." And Arthur asks, "With Maul." And he walks away. Yeah, he's like, no. He doesn't answer the question. So I think you're right. I think that, I think his subconscious Maul coming to terms with it is Dom coming to terms and saying, oh my God, I did this. Yeah. So now that we've come to this point of acceptance, Cobb asks his projection of Maul, where's Fisher? Can I have him? And Maul says, no. Maul says, you can't have him. I know what you're trying to do. Yeah, I won't let you find I'm, him. I'm not going to let you find him. And Dom says, if I stay... Can she have him? Talking about Ariadne. And she says yes. <laughs> Ariadne. Ariadne Grande. <laughs> no, every time I see her, hear her name. Sorry, this is such a, this is such a serious scene and it's a lot, but it's just yeah, Ariana is, Grande. This is by far the most serious scene in the movie. It, it pulls my heartstrings so much, but sorry, continue Ariana Grande. <laughs> so, so Maul's subconscious says, yes, he's well, on the pool. not Maul. Well, the subconscious oh, sorry, of sorry, Maul. Sorry, sorry, the projection of Maul. Which is weird because he's basically himself is keeping him. What from... I'm saying is like he he's always in his own way. Yes, he's his biggest 
enemy. And that's why it's there's He's no there's enemy. no villain in this movie because yes. the, there there really no, isn't. No, sorry, no, I mean the only enemy I guess is himself. I think it's just like they're just talking about the complexity of our minds. Yeah, will always be a problem. Yeah, which is not saying that our minds are awful, but. It's there's so much that has to go into that. That's the villain. Mate. I don't really know. I think that's the thing yeah. is what's cool about this. There's no true villain. She's, you know, people hate Maul, but it's she's not she's not Maul. <laughs> so it's no, crazy. It's, not. it's it's now the real Maul did ruin his life, kind of. But he also ruined his life because he incepted the idea. Yeah. So it's kind of crazy. A it's crazy when you think about to it. To make a long story short. Um, she fit, agrees. She agrees. Fisher. To let him stay. Yeah. If she'll she'll make a trade, Dom for Fisher. Ariadne takes Fisher, makes sure he's alive so he's not in limbo, and pushes him off of the top of this building. And Ariana Grande is um <laughs> she's worried about Dom. She's like, You'll come back, right? And like you don't stay here. He says, I'm not staying for her. I'm staying because I have to find Saito, who's pro- who's already dead. He's in limbo somewhere. He says, I will come back. I will. And then she's, so then she falls. And now Maul is upset. So she says to him, you you said you want to be with me. Don't you want to be with me? Um, like, I'm your everything. And he says that, that, no, you're not, you're not my wife. You're just a shade of her. That. I could never make you and all of your perfections, your imperfections, your beauty, your ever, your personality, your everything. And this is just the best I could do, but it's just not enough anymore. Which is crazy because it's kind of like a diss to Maul, but it's a diss to him. It's 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 beautiful. You know, it's kind of like ooh. I don't. But it's beautiful at the same. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like I don't take it as a not a diss, diss. but it, you kind of hear it and you're like crap what i take it what i take it as is kind of that your memory of someone because that's all this really is this is this is a a memory memory. of her is that your memories of someone will never be someone yeah and yeah she's never gonna be good this this projection of her is never gonna be good enough it's and i think that's the first time he's understanding that and he's coming to terms with the fact that she is really gone and that he's never going to have her back, no matter if it's in real or in dream. And then Maul says to him, you, "But you said when, when you proposed that you wished we, you dreamed we grow old together." And then he says to her, "But we did, Maul. We had our time together." And then you see, you know, the, the all the back, the ba- the flashes you've been seeing this whole time, is of them in old age, and when they are on the train tracks, you know going to wake up from limbo they are they're They're, they're they've grown old old. and they're old souls that have come back and they're young again and he said we had our time together but now it's time that i need to let you go which i just think is such a beautiful moment it just hits me so hard every time because i think that's one of the underlying themes of this movie because obviously it's a sci-fi movie it's not true it's not real you know it's not something that can happen in real life but i think what the story is trying to show is that, you know, our minds, we let our mind, we, we play games in our minds of, you know, remembering things and remembering things is so much, is so great in the past and that we live in the past and we can't, and this is him, how he was dealing with grief that he couldn't let her go. He needed to be with her. And 
so I think that he's now finding that acceptance of no matter how much I try to create you in my mind, you'll never be that person and that you were, and I'm going to have to let you go, which I think is just a great lesson. Yeah. And, and I think that you can apply that, that theme and that idea. I think that they kind of foreshadow it early in the movie when, when Dom is teaching Ariadne how to design dreams, Mm -hmm. he says that, I don't know the exact line, but that, the dream they construct is kind of a shell of everything else. Yeah, never create things directly from memory, which they do. Which, which you you see you see the problem with that with him creating Maul from memory is that it's like he said it's never going to live up. It's never going to be anything, and that and that's why I think it becomes so destructive because it's it's feeding off number one his guilt and it's also feeding off his probably the the sadness that it's not. You know, it'll never happen. That's not that's not real. He he only has memories of her. He never has future experiences. There's no there's no moving forward until yeah. he can move on. Yeah. And so I just think it's kind of a lesson is that we can't, you know, we can't live in the past. We can't live in memories or dreams and dwell in that and that because it was never going to be as good as when we lived it. And, and, and so of, it's not real. Kind of a I think too and I'm extrapolating a little bit but appreciate what you did have but know when to move on yeah so then everyone keeps coming back dream after dream after dream with the kicks so the first i just want to highlight one kick in particular and that is oh yes i'm sorry when when ariadne i we might be talking about different kicks but when ariadne pushes robert off of this building and he dies the inception they they do such they do such a really cool job of showing how this kick works because you see on the level above, Eames is using a defibrillator to revive him back to life. And at the moment he's getting close to hit the ground, that's when he wakes That's when he wakes yeah. up from the shock. It is so cool and how so, they start to splice these together. So back to the actual Inception. Yes. Um, and that's the problem with this movie. I could talk, we could talk about this for four hours, I swear. We could have probably have a series on, yeah. on this movie. Yeah. So, but he, you know, he wakes up from wherever the fourth dream state whether that be limbo or you know another one and he goes into there he goes into the vault this is robert yeah sorry robert fisher he goes into the vault he talks to his father his father is saying i'm you know disappointed was the last words that he ever said to him he goes yeah i know dad you're disappointed in me and then he says no i was disappointed because you tried to be me he opens up the the he opens up the the safe. the safe with the same numbers he said in the first dream, and inside the safe is a windmill, which is a picture that he you've seen throughout the movie that is, you know, a very prized possession to Fisher to based, Robert, but not to his father. No, yeah, to Robert because he, it's in all of his wallets in the dream, in all of the dreams. It's on his dad's bedside. It's on his dad's bedside. In the real world. Yeah, in the real world. So this is very important. So the windmill is in there, and the will is in there. And so basically, this, this is at this point, the idea, like, he's... It's planted. It's planted. He has the, the closure he needs with his father, basically, yeah. in the dream state. And so then all of the kicks start to happen. Eames blows up the plant. Kick happens. Um, then the... Oh, my, we haven't talked about the elevator scene. Yeah, so then because of the, the, anti-gra- because of the anti-gravity that's going on with the free fall of the, of the van... Arthur has created, has, you know. He's rigged explosives in an elevator to make the elevator blow up 
down the shaft and crash into a wall because there's there's no gravity like so you that said. then they will have that kick so then on level two they'll kick up to one and level one is uh the van that they've been driving that Yusuf has been driving around in is falling off a bridge into a river so they'll all drown and wake up yeah and so finally they do the, the last they have the kick in the elevator and it's really i think yeah it's such like you said it's such a cool scene because you just see all their eyes open yes. at each kick and then they finally hit the water in um, the first dream state. And obviously, Saito and Dom. and Dom do not wake up. Because they're in limbo. But then what's crazy is to think is that Robert Fisher still thinks that this first dream state is the real world. So he's talking to Browning. He's Which isn't Browning. Which isn't Browning. It's, it's, it's Eames. Eames. And he says, he's like, yep, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break up the company. And, and so he had that true inspiration moment. Um, and that's that's how, not just the inspiration. That's how our heroes, if you want to call them that, that's how they know this worked. Yeah, because it's made it through two, no, three levels. Because he was on the fourth level, it's made it through three levels. And it was his idea. And now it's quote unquote his idea, yeah. even though it was placed there. Um, and so then, you know, after this, we end up in the scene we started with. Yes. So we see Dom waking up on this beach. Which we learn is Limbo, which is Dom's world, because he's the only one who's been there. And it's his it's his dream now, technically? Or is it Saito's dream? I don't know. I don't think Limbo is anybody's specific dream. Like, you're just... Oh, you in know my opinion, In my opinion, what happened was, like, in both the fourth and the fifth, you know, if you want to call them different stages, when he was talking, when he was with Maul in the fourth, and then in this Limbo at the end... I think that it's still both limbo, but it's just different versions of it in different ways. Like, it's just like, I don't know. It's it's weird. It's hard to understand completely, and I don't think you're supposed to understand it. At this point, Saito is an Saito, old man. He's been there longer because he died 15 minutes before. Um, he died 15 minutes before on an upper level, which really means he died... Uh, a few weeks before uh, and so he's been there it, it's like he's been there at least 30 years so well, more than that yeah I, I think he's over 100 years old he's old <laughs> he's an old man um he's a very old man but then you know we get to this opening scene and we we hear the line that we've we've heard like four times in the movie already about i'm just an you know you're just an old man waiting to die filled with regret mm-hmm. and it's at this point that they kind of realize they realize what what they have to do they have to kill each other so they can wake up, get out of limbo, and hopefully resume their lives. Yeah, and they remember. I think it's the whole thing is that, like, at first they just don't even know what's going on, which is probably what happened with Maul and... and you know, I think, I think they don't explicitly say this, but I think the deeper and deeper you get into the dreams, the more control you relinquish and the, the more subconscious takes over. So I think that the reason Sato doesn't remember what he has to do is because it's basically his subconscious no, running the show now. Yeah, no, because it's like when you're in a dream and you have no clue why you're, you know, you think about, I don't know, I always think about my own dreams in this. How, well, my dreams are not nearly as organized as this. I feel like they're so crazy and weird. But you have no idea, like, what your purpose is sometimes, you know? I think that's kind of what the parallel is, is I always have these dreams where I'm always, like, running from something. Or I'm running towards something, but I don't really know what the purpose of it is or why I'm doing that. And that's probably what he is doing. He's feeling because he does yeah. not know what the purpose is. 
Yeah. And and I think that I think that this scene though kind of circling back to the beginning, it does a great job of kind of completing this circle saying we get how this all works now, even though no one really gets how <laughs> no, this works. Nobody knows. But it, it provides you that closure to say, okay, we know we know what's going on. We know how this happened. We know yeah. how we got this old. Um, and thankfully for us, they both wake up. Yes, which they is kick like... all the way back up to yeah. the top. And it's so cute because they look at each other and the faces they make, they're like... <gasps> on the airplane, they, woke, they both wake up and uh, <laughs> to kind of quote Eames from earlier... Um, he says that their brain's going to turn to scrambled eggs if they go to limbo, but they wake up, and I think they're both just kind of like, we're still here. Our brains work. <laughs> Our brains not, are working. We're not scrambled eggs. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is awesome. So, you know, they've accomplished everything. Everyone's like, great. So they get, you know, they get, they arrive in Los Angeles. Well, but first, fr- first, on the plane, Sato, you see him pick up a phone. Yes, yes. I was going to say yeah. that. I'll get there. Um they go to the airport they pick up their bags they no one they're they're going their separate ways and um the you know the moment of truth happens and um at immigration at immigration and Cobb goes up to the to the immigration officer he's waiting basically just waiting to be like okay we're gonna go to rest you're gonna arrest you now like to get ambushed and he goes welcome home Mr. Cobb which is such a great moment and he gets to walk a free man into this, I think this is, like, the biggest scene of conversation by far in the whole movie that is widely controversial. So I'll let John say it because I have heard him talk about this and also tweet about this scene in great detail. And he has his own theory. I think we all, everyone has their own theory, and Christopher Nolan has his own reason, but, yeah, I'll let you go for it. So, so basically, there's a scene we've seen time and time again in the movie, probably four or five times. And that's Dom looking at his kids playing in the yard, in his house, and the second they're going to turn and look at him, he has to leave. This time, we get the, the end of the movie. He, he's finally able to go home. He's he walks able in to the go door. Home. He walks in the door. Uh, Michael Caine, his father-in-law, <laughs> is there with him. And this time, his kids turn, and instead of turning away... He runs towards them. He gives them a hug. They say, Daddy, we haven't seen you in so long. By the way, I don't know how long he's been away. I want to know. Yeah, okay. So you didn't say the the one thing is right when he gets back, he hasn't noticed the kids are playing the yard right away, and he he turns he spins his, spins his, his totem. totem. Well, her totem. Her totem. He spins the totem. Yeah, the totem. And he does not wait for it to fall. And I think, and there's a bunch of things that are wrong. This scene is, you can go so many different ways. Like, you can sit... You know, you can say it's real because obviously they all woke up. He saw all those people, mm-hmm. whatever. He he, you can say it's real, or here's some pro like a problem. The biggest problem I have with the scene is they're wearing the exact same clothes and they're the exact same size as when he left the first time. So I want to know like we don't know how long he's been on the run. Has mm-hmm. it been a year? Has it been three years? We have no clue. And number two, these children did not get bigger. But I also think the reason that's, that's obviously there's a reason for that is to make people talk about it and to make you, you're not, I don't, you're not supposed to know if it's real or not. So basically, sorry, to keep going, he spins the totem, he goes to see the kids and the movie goes black and you never see the totem fall. It doesn't even, it doesn't even go black. 
the final shot of the movie is literally zooming in on the yes, totem and it, it starts to waver. It starts to wobble a bit, but we also see in a dream that it can wobble, but it doesn't fall. Mm-hmm. So you don't know. You don't know if it's re- if if he if it's actually real. Or is he so deep in limbo that he's dreamt this and it's not real anymore? Um, and I, it's so frustrating. I get so frustrated by it because, I mean, in my mind, if I'm going to say my opinion, I think it's, I think it's real. I think that yes. he's, he's in real life. Although I do get mad about the kids stuff, mm-hmm. but I think it's more so to show, I think also it's the whole thing of the redemption that He's not caring about... He doesn't care. He's not worrying about that anymore. He's just worrying about the kids. Yeah, and I think... So you asked me what I thought. Yeah. I, I think if you put... If you ask me real or not real, I think it's real. Yeah. I, I think it's very much real. I think the most important thing, and this is not my thought, this is Christopher Nolan. I've read interviews with him. Oh, I know. You've... you've. If anyone's ever talked about Inception, like type of this moment, John intersects... It, like interjects immediately and says this line. Well, I, and I don't mean to be rude about it. No, but, no, I'm but, not saying but, you're rude. <laughs> I'm just saying you, you're an expert on this. And I like, I, I like this a lot. Is that basically the point isn't if it's real or not. The point is that he spins the top and walks away. He doesn't care if it's real or not because he's accepted his reality. Yeah, I think that's a that's the whole point of like what you know what he's done with Maul, what he's done mm-hmm. all of this. I think the whole point of this movie, in number one, is the job of inception, of incepting, of putting something in someone's brain, an idea. But I also think it has to do with his journey of being stuck in the past and being so fixated on this fact to moving on and accepting, yeah, accepting reality, yeah. accepting what's in front of him. Well, and, and Maul says an interesting line when they're in the fourth level, and she says, you have... I'm paraphrasing, but you have the power to choose your reality. And she says, so choose me. Yeah, choose this reality. That, and that, yeah, that's when she starts to say, like, people are chasing all the time. Isn't mm-hmm. that your subconscious? You know this. Yeah, and I think I think at the end he chooses he's going to be a father. He chooses he's going to be with his kids. And maybe it He's turns, leaving that behind, yeah. Maybe it turns out that it's a dream. But he's choosing that he's going to be the good guy. He's choosing... Fully that, present. He's choosing he's going to be present... And you know what? If it turns out not to be real, he's accepted the fact that he can never go home because yeah. he'd end up in jail. But it is frustrating, for sure. I mean, every time I see it, no matter, like, even knowing that fact, even, like, when we just watched this, like, three hours ago and we watched it in the end, I just, every time I'm like, ugh! It well, just, it, it gut punches you a bit. And, and, and <laughs> one, thing, one thing I'll disagree with is when Christopher Nolan says, oh, the point of the ending wasn't to, for people to debate if it's real or not. Then don't I, put the kids I, in the same well, freaking outfit. Not even just that. I disagree with the director saying that when you intentionally show the top as your last shot, Yes. I don't think you can in good faith say, oh, we don't want people to debate this if that's not your last shot of the movie. No, I mean, I would like it better if they were saying that we want people to make up their, not make up their own ending, but yeah. decide on their own. And I think honestly, that's such a fun thing. Like, yeah, because it creates you know, conversation. Do you know what that does? That means anytime this movie's on a streaming service, people are going to watch it and they're going to do exactly what we're doing right now. They're going to say it's real. It's not real. This whole movie's stupid. You know, I don't know. I would love since we both have the same opinion. I would love if anybody you know watches this movie and in their opinion thinks that it he's still in a dream state to 
you know, tweet at us or message us. Yeah. Or, like, let us know because I would love to know what your theory of it is if it isn't real. Of, like, how it is, mm-hmm. how it is not real. Because I think that would be such, it's fun. Yeah, it's. It, to know what other people think about it. And we've mentioned this a couple times through recording, but the beauty of this movie is the fact that you can watch this, you can watch it and get something new every single time. Yeah, I think we've like gone over some yeah. of the conversations we've had today or things that neither that of us have ever thought, thought about. about before. And and honestly, if someone gave me a convincing argument for why it's not real, I probably could be convinced. Yes, yeah, I agree. Um, but that is Inception yes. in all of its glory. And I know that was, it's a whirlwind of a movie. And so trying to talk about it and explain this plot is crazy. So thank you for bearing with us. And I hope that it kind of, I, I think this is, we were talking about this, that this is such a different kind of conversation than our last episode. And I feel like this is more of a, you know, reflection. Yes. Than it is just an, you know, a, analy- you know, analyzing a yeah, movie. Yeah, because like we've said before, we're not critics. We're not trying to be <laughs> critics. We're, we're trying to talk about movies the way we always do. And this is a movie that, like, I can sit here and talk about this forever. I know, yeah. So we need to cut ourselves off. But but I have, <laughs> after watching this, I have a couple questions that aren't plot-related. So the first question I have for you, and I guess for our audience, too, if they want to tweet at us. or Yeah, please, we want to know. Or comment. Think. Maybe we'll make a post about this. Yeah. So the first question is, if this concept were real, this shared dreaming, extraction, inception thing, what would you do with it? Be anything <laughs> in the world. I think that was something I kept thinking about in this movie was, I was like, how do these people find each other? How do you find out about this? Because I know it was, you know, built by the military. I don't know what I would do with it. I mean, okay, here's the thing. If I'm just saying whatever the first thing comes to my mind, I never remember my dreams. And Mm -hmm. just like how they say in the movie, like, it's so hard for you to remember dreams and remember them in great detail. And when I do, I have to tell someone right away. Otherwise, I forget. And I feel like it would be a great way to, like, access your dreams and to to know what your subconscious is feeling. So, yeah. Well, I, I have that's an, what it is. I have two answers. Whatever. Of course you do. I'm sure you did. Had this ready. <laughs> First, you know how they've, they've said that Coca-Cola's been around since 18-something and no one has ever reverse-engineered the recipe? Yeah. I would extract the recipe from someone's mouth. <laughs> oh, my God. The second thing I would do. <laughs> oh, my gosh. The second thing. But that's the only, like, so you could extract anything in the world, John, and you were like, I'm going to extract Coca-Cola. Because no one's ever done it. No one's ever figured it out. And then I would, I'd get the recipe, I'd do it, and I'd be like, hey, I did it. And that, that's all you would do with it? Basically, yeah. Well, they wouldn't nice. know how I did it, but I'd be a celebrity. <laughs> pretty cool. Okay. The second thing, <laughs> the second thing I would do, it's a little weirder, but, uh. I would incept, not incept, I would extract the plots of future Marvel movies out of Marvel executives so I could know them in advance. Oh, my God. Why would you want that, though? Because then when you watch the movie, you know what's going to happen. That sucks. That would be kind of cool. So odd. Mine was so lame compared to your very specific very specific ideas i mean really if you're an extractor you can get anything in the world you want you can Mm -hmm. get bank account numbers you can get yeah it's awesome nuclear codes you can get anything um but yeah i'd use it for those really (laughs) stupid things 
food and drink reasons basically the second question i had is do you think you would want to see another movie based around this concept or do you think that this is about as much as they can do with it i think it's kind of both because you know it's so wrapped up so well in this that i just don't know how they would have a second movie not saying how do you sequel, but like on the same, you know, I do think that you could explore this concept in great detail in so many different ways, but I do feel like it, it can, it could get muddied a bit. Mm -hmm. And so I like how neatly packaged this is. I, I think I lean towards no. I think I like this one example. I, I think I'm on the same page as you. I love this movie, obviously. I don't think that they did everything they could have done with it. I do think it's a thing that unless you really have a heist, like <laughs> I don't know what you can do. An with Ocean's this Eleven like one. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, but I don't. I don't know if there's anything else you can do without kind of tarnishing the first one. And I don't. I would not want a sequel. I would want, like honestly, you know, it'd be really cool. The only thing I'd really want to see mm -hmm. is like how the military developed it. That'd be cool. like a prequel. That'd be cool. Like their experiments like how they even came up with this that'd be really cool yeah that would i think be that it's cool. a really cool world but i don't know if you can make another movie yeah this. i agree so now that we've gone through your questions so first i would like to do this time we're gonna just talk about mind-bending movies in general and john and i have both compiled a list of our top five favorite mind-bending movies that we would recommend to anybody if they want to you know mess with their minds some more after watching inception um john why don't you go first let's hear your top five yeah so i think one thing before i do my list because anna might use a different rationale yeah um, continue so, so knowing that it has to make you think every time yes yes so for that number five for me is inception for as much as i think about this movie and watch it a lot of it makes sense um, all right so that's your, your number five is inception yes okay so my number five but I have, like, an honorable mention. Okay, I have, so I have a tie. I have a tie for number five, so it's, it's kind of a cop-out. But I would say it would be the Adjustment Bureau, um, which I just think is a, such an interesting concept. It's fun. Yes. I don't think it's my favorite one. I don't watch it all the time. But it is a fun concept, and I really do like Emily Blunt and Matt Damon in that a lot. Also, too, the Adjustment Bureau would be my honorable mention. Mm -hmm. I think it's a fantastic movie. If you like Inception, you'll really like the Adjustment Bureau. It's a much different tone. Yeah. But it's such an interesting concept. And it's just, it's such a great thing to, like, get behind. Because, like, you just want them to be together. But there's yes. so much in their way. And then my honorable mention would be Gattaca. Oh, which, there's not, like, a huge twist in it. But it is something that, there is. But it just makes you think, you, oh my gosh. And it's based on a lot of, of things that could happen yeah. in our lives. So I really like that, too. Because it's, it's kind of a dystopian society that could happen. And it makes you think so much about science and dna and everything it's yeah. such a great movie so with that my number four is source code source code is a lot like inception in the in the fact that i don't time think i don't time. i don't think it could ever happen where your brain is uploaded to a computer and you can change mm -hmm. reality but it's a it's a thing that i don't think is that far off yeah i think that I think the concept of source code is something we could see one day. And every time I see it, I do 
get caught off guard a bit. Um, so yeah, source code's number four. If you haven't seen it, check it out. Check it out. Uh, my number four would be Shutter Island. It's really not the same concept as this, obviously, but there's some similarities to it with the relationship that Leo, it's also Leo, mm-hmm. um, the Leo has with his wife in both of these movies. And the twist in the end is just, oh my God, I never saw it coming. I was blown away. Yeah, and, and I'll talk more about Shutter Island later, but it's a twist that even though when you know it's coming... Just the, con- still, the complexity of it. It, it. It's a lot like Inception where every time you watch the movie, you kind of have your eyes squinted, you're looking really hard, and you're saying, I'm going to see the clues, I'm going to get it. And you, it's still... Yeah. You still don't get it. It's number three. Yes. So for me, number three, and it's the most recent movie on this list, I would think for both of us, is Get Out. Get Out. Great is, movie. Get Out is one of those movies that, yes, it has a huge twist. I, I mean, Matt, probably the biggest twist of any movie on my list. I mean, still, even when you know it's coming, it is still so. No, it's one of those. It's, it's one of those movies that whenever I used to show to someone, I'd be like, you have to watch it again because yes. then so much more stuff makes sense. It's great. Jordan Peele's a genius. Great, great movie. Uh, my number three would be Memento, which. Okay, it's crazy because this movie is not my favorite movie. It actually angers me beyond belief, but it is just the craziest movie. And this one is so could happen. I think that's the thing is like, this is the one movie that this is something that could happen that is so realistic. And it just makes me so angry every time. I get so mad at the end all the time. Yeah, and I agree with that. Memento, it's a fantastic movie. It's, it's so well made, but it is frustrating. It's frustrating beyond belief. So, my number two, then, is Gone Girl. (laughs) This movie is probably the most realistic of any on my list. Mm -hmm. But it's still... It bends your minds for different reasons. Yeah, I think it's the same... I think we kind of have the same thing. It's a realistic thing, and the twist when you... There's so many twists and turns in that movie. Yes. You know, I think the biggest one, I remember, like, my jaw dropped when... And I didn't read the book... And just seeing that she's alive, whoa. Just, just, just to, like, every time every time I see it, I get at the end and I just think, why, what, how. <laughs> who, what, where, uh, yeah, and why. Who, what, where, why. Because every time you get to the ending and it is so, I, I don't even have a word to describe it. And she's, it. I can't remember her name, the actress, but she's so great. Yeah, it, she's fantastic. My number two would be Inception. So, you know, need to say it there. I just think, yeah. You can always watch that movie and find something new, and your my mind always hurts. Yeah. And finally, for me, my number one, Anna touched on it earlier, is Shutter Island. Every time I watch it, like I said before, I'm sitting on the edge of my seat trying to figure out what I've missed, what the foreshadowing is, and still it is so hard to tell the lines between reality and... Uh, I forget Leo's character's name, but like what he thinks is real... It is so hard to tell. Yeah. My number one, which I just cannot believe that this is not on your list at all, is The Matrix. The Matrix, I don't, it's just one of those movies that even more than Inception, I watched this mo- that movie and like the the fact that ignorance is bliss and like the gra- mm-hmm. the gra- the grass on reality, it's just cr- a crazy movie. And I don't know, I talk to people and I, there's still people that are our age that have not seen that movie, I don't get why not. That movie came out when we were fairly young. 
I don't know. So I don't think I understood it for a while. I still don't fully understand it. It's the it. most interesting concept mm-hmm. that could... I honestly think it to myself all the time that that could be happening in Vegas right now. I do. But those are our top five mind-bending, mind-boggling movies. Yeah. It's probably going to be a while before we talk about another one of these really mind-bending movies. No, I don't want to talk. <laughs> it's so hard to talk about them. Not hard. It's easy, but it's. I feel like it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel that most of these movies are, are like Inception, where it's you can interpret them a million different ways mm-hmm. and you can spend years. I would love to know if any of you have any movies that are just crazy like this that always make you think that we didn't mention because I would always love to watch new ones. Yes, especially there's nothing quite like watching a mind-bending movie for the first time. Yeah, I agree. And not that we understand the movies on our list fully, but that first time is always the sweetest. Yes, we've talked for so long. But we are nearing the end of our episode, and we would just like to, you know, shamelessly plug our social always. Please follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Engage with us. Reply to our questions and our, you know, our polls and stuff, because we just want to start a conversation to talk about these movies. We don't just want it to be us talking about it. We want everyone to talk about them. Again, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for you know, supporting us as we start this podcast. It's been awesome so far. Yeah, and we've loved the reception we've gotten so far. If you do happen to like us, make sure to tell a friend. Yes, please share with a friend. I think that's our assignment that we give to everyone at the end of this podcast is if you like this, tell a friend that doesn't know us. (laughs) If we tweet out an episode link, it really helps on Twitter. If you give us a little retweet. Retweets, retweet. But we really appreciate everyone who's listening so <laughs> We're not going to be crazy right We now. won't forget about our original listeners if we get more. So. Yes. <laughs> Don't worry. We won't let the fame get to our heads. <laughs> but thanks, guys, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>